to Mind Crime Liberty Show with me, Swithin Dobson, and him, Tim Patton. Today we're joined by Rick Story to discuss, is arranged marriage defensible? Now, why do we bother talking about this uh, topic? Well, the obvious fact seems to be that marriages don't seem to be in the best way uh, these days. Um, I mean, so for instance, in the UK, 33% of marriages will end in divorce. America is 50 percent. And just the general sort of um, social fabric. I mean, you you have a lot more of uh, out of marriage births, et cetera, which is kind of related to marriage in in certain respects. And the relationship between sort of uh, men and women as such in this context doesn't seem to be as harmonious as it has been historically now whether that argument historically is untrue and that it was worse than it's claimed is another question uh but nevertheless it, it does at least seem obvious that things could at least be better than they are at present so the question arises could arranged marriage solve some of these problems? We have a, a different society today. We prefer more mobile and uh, parents have significantly less impact on their children's marriages than they did historically. And the question is, is this all for the good or was more parental involvement actually going to be uh, or going back to something more like that be a, a better way of, uh, of doing things? So we thought, well, you know, let's 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 get Rick back on and because uh, he'll have some uh, some good thoughts on this. So the first uh, topic, though, I mean, to, to go in before we think you know, whether arranged marriage is a good idea or exactly what it constitutes. It's firstly what actually is a, a good marriage. Now, of course, we could go at great length as to what constitutes a good marriage. But just in general, we want to have a general idea as to what would constitute a good marriage. Otherwise, we don't know what end we're attempting to achieve. So, uh, Rick, so bare bones, what would you class as a as a sort of like a generally good marriage? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because, of course, every marriage is going to be a bit different. We all have, you know, our own idiosyncrasies and uh, we can all be a bit different. And of course, I am myself married. So. <laughs> So a lot of pressure there. Do I myself have a good marriage? I think, yes, I do have a, a good marriage. Other people will, I'm very pleased to say, comment to say that it seems as though uh, my wife and I love each other very much and we seem to get on very well. We, we laugh together a lot and um, our children seem to be happy. Now, I think in those comments that we receive, that sort of feedback that people clearly think is worth giving to us. They think it's going to be pleasing to us to hear that. And it's going to make us feel as we've had some sort of success in our marriage. Those those points that they're raising there, that we seem to be happy, the children seem to be happy. I think it's uh, a good marriage is one within which, um, assuming that you are indeed able to have children, um, I do feel for those couples who want to have children but are unable to do so. I think it's a marriage where um, it facilitates the creation of a family, one that is healthy uh, and happy, one that is you know, c- content and there is um, strength within the family, there's, there's solidarity. 
um, there are, there's a, a, a shared culture just within the family itself. Uh, there are values that are shared, you know. So, so it's 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 a place which cultivates um, well-adjusted, healthy, happy um, citizens, if you want to put it that way. What I mean by that is that uh, you know people with whom um, your own children will have to then engage with in the world in, in the future. Um, so, so I think yes, that uh, that that necessity there that yes, uh, you know, you're raising um, good, well-adjusted, happy, healthy people into the world that is to be shared by everyone, and uh, yeah, with whom your your own children must engage with in the future. I, I think that's that, that's the bare bones of it. Um, I I'm not sure what else I would add to that. I think I think adding anything else to it is just an extra. It's a, it's a bonus. But I think that that is, um, yeah, that's typically what people would identify as a a successful or a a good marriage. I don't know whether you share my, share my thoughts on that. Whether you two would agree or disagree. I think that's largely true. I mean, the only thing I would add, um, primarily, uh, well, a couple of things, more things, um. A decent material standard of living, although as to what level that's going to be is another question, um, because, um, you know, uh, finances create strains on marriages, etc., and also cause um, problems for raising of children in certain respects as well. So a decent material standard of living now as to how high that should be is another question. Um, I, I, I'd also think that in general, um, that or marriage is kind of a good one if it lasts until the either party die. Um, I mean, that would seem to be uh, generally speaking, we don't have the idea that marriages are kind of good. Well, you know, they're, they're good like 10 year arrangements and then, you know, contracts over. But let's go to a new provider. People tend not to have that. view. I mean, some people might, but I, I don't think it's um, a stretch to say that in principle, we go, we get married, you kind of stay married. And so, uh, one marker of it being a good one is it kind of lasts until either party die. Um, I, I think that would be uh, a reasonable. So, so obviously, like if divorce takes place, it kind of almost by definition is failed and therefore is a bad marriage um, in certain respects. Now, I've asked to say that divorce can be permissible under certain circumstances, best thing, but it's clearly not ideal. That's 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 the. That's the um that's the, the main point i would say there timmy if you have anything to add here at all no no i don't well good excellent right so i think we're basically all on the same page on what that is so then the question is well how do we achieve a good marriage and this in particular is i i want to focus on is is how to find um like a, a spouse and so it seems to me that there are four broad options we can have we can basically just have our individual choice where both parties there's no real parental involvement um and you know you want to marry them you marry them fine you know that that's it it's completely left down to individual choice i mean that's pretty much what we have today at least in western europe and uh the usa where both parties, you know, they might hook up or date or whatever, meet at university or colleges, etc., and they decide they like each other and so they marry each other. Uh, other options would seem to be uh, parental veto, 
as 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 one. Um, so you could argue this is a form of arranged marriage in a sense, and this is more of a traditional sort of Western European one. The um, custom of asking a father to marry his daughter um, would be an example of this. I mean, that's known as a formality today. I don't know of any that have been blocked on the basis that dad said no. But you could call that a form of sort of arranged marriage, although very much like a soft form, really. Um, Then I suppose more towards what you might traditionally think of of arranged, and I think this takes place more in sort of like Eastern Indian cultures and probably Africa as well, um, where you could have something like a a parental shortlist, typically for the daughter. We have have pre-vetted these like five guys. Any of these fives are okay in our eyes. Choose who you want. Uh, or something along those lines, whereby it's not veto, it's no, here's a list, you know, you can work with this. And then, of course, you could have forced marriage, which I think is what a lot of the time people think of arranged marriages. It's like, yeah, you have to marry them. Don't want it. No, you do. Which, again, you could say is as a form of arranged marriage, which of course it kind of is, but does seem to be at least clearly distinct from the previous three, because, again, typically the daughter would at least have um, the... Uh, rights to refuse marriage to a particular man uh in any of the three previous scenarios so i I think those are the four um major options and that as well this need not necessarily be legal in sense i suppose it would in the sense be forced but um you know these don't necessarily we don't necessarily have to be talking here about what the law should say but just if we could have a society with a strong cultural norm for any of these four you know which one would be preferable and why um so rick I've, I've outlined some general approaches to sort of organizing who one marries um do you have any thoughts on which of these uh would be better or worse or uh more useful for today or in the past or anything on those lines well i think that the 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 last one that you've outlined there where you have a a forced marriage. I think you're right, Susan, that a lot of the time when people think of an arranged marriage, um, you know, as, as you've said, you know, Western European countries um, or, you know, the United States, um, that they tend to think of that situation. Um, but, you know, and I, I've, I've had friends um, from Saudi Arabia. Um, I've uh, had students you know i met a lot of people from saudi arabia and um they have different customs depending on what tribe they're in but it seems to be the case that it is rarer and it's it it tends to be um a practice that is increasingly becoming outdated that you will have these forced marriages or um well i I did hear one story where uh, a daughter was kind of well basically traded in for a car um, which, uh, you know, we might laugh at at first, but when, when you realise that that's really what's happened, um, that is really quite a sad situation. Um, I think given the, um, the the Christian background of the, you know, still many of the moral underpinnings for Westerners, um, we would see, you know, treating someone um, like an object to be sold like that as being something a bit repugnant. Um, But most of the time, the situation is um, in the more conservative, you know, very religious countries like Saudi Arabia, 
the third option that you're presenting there, Swivan, which is a kind of positive uh, arrangement uh, made by the family, uh, where they will present a list of several people that they think are appropriate. Um, of course, there's the veto, the kind of negative um, uh, parental uh, arrangement that you, you suggested as well. Um, that may um, still be the case, I think, even in um, some Western families as well, that you you have a situation like that. Um, but, you know, let's look at let's look at like, the, you know, the, the positive uh, arrangement, uh, something that you might more typically see in uh, Arab countries in the Middle East or, you know, India. I think where people think of arranged marriages, it's a bit, bit of a bit of a stereotype, of course, but uh, t people tend to think of India as well. Um, you know, if you just Google arranged marriages, a lot of these things will be uh, frequently asked questions and it will be aimed at uh, clearly uh, an Indian audience. Um, so in a situation like that, what are the what are the pros? What are the pros of your family presenting you with a list of people who you can marry um, and they think are suitable? Um, you know, what, what are the pros for that? Well, I, I think uh, obviously the first thing that a lot of uh, young members of the audience listening now would realise is that you avoid the stress of having to find a partner, especially a suitable partner. Um, it's, it, it's seemingly becoming increasingly difficult um, to uh, even have the hope of finding a suitable partner, let alone, um, you know, having a, a list of candidates before you and, you know, options available. Uh, it's it's difficult to have an environment where you can properly meet someone and, and have a conversation. You know, people have to resort to dating apps and things like that, um, which is, you know, hardly, um, you know, a situation where you have people who know you very well, who love you, have your best interests and um, and know people who are similar to you. Um, you know, this leads me to some of the other pros um, for arranged marriage, which is that you have, um, well, um, you know, financial and your sort of status, social status, security, um, as well as knowing that you will have a shared cultural and probably ethnic background uh, with your spouse and, you know, therefore shared values, especially regarding parenting. Um, those things are much more of a given in the situation where, you, you know, you have your, your family, where, you know, cousins, you know, many people may be involved in trying to find you um, a suitable, suitable spouse. Um, you know, th those are not small things. You know, you, you said, Swivan, that, uh, you know, you wanted to add to my list of um, things that make a successful marriage, you know, a sense of financial security as well. You know, that is, you know, much more of a given. Um, it's something that makes the situation much more predictable for you when thinking about your future. Um, but, but, you know, this is all very practical. These are sort of almost utilitarian considerations I'm bringing forward here. Um, you, you know, people might start to say, well, OK, but what about the more romantic 
side of things. You know, we're talking about a, a relationship, after all, that is, you know, may very well, you know, ideally speaking, last you for the rest of your life. Um, well, um, I think it's important to understand as well that, you know, yes, in an arranged marriage, the decision is much more of a rational one. Um, uh, you, you might think it's less of an emotional one. Is that such a bad thing, though? Um, you know, since ancient times, the thought of falling in love, even that word falling, um, it, it depicts that, you know, something's gone a bit wrong here. <laughs> um, you know, if you think of Cupid, um, for instance, um, Cupid's going around shooting people with arrows. And when people get hit by those arrows, they they lose their minds. They, they, they lose um, a significant degree of their agency. They become infatuated with someone. Um, and, you know, of course, we know that this is what happens. You know, when people fall in love, um, a part of their brain that's, that deals with criticising other people or making judgments about others, it, it gets switched off. And, you know, especially if um, the the two have uh, had intercourse before they are married. Well, you know, as we know, sexual intercourse um, causes the release of uh, hormones related to bonding, social bonding. So, um, you know, oh, well, actually, you know, on the flip side of this, um, saying that having an arranged marriage, oh, it's much more of a rational decision. Well, OK, you, you have people around you who genuinely care for you. You have family members aiding you in the decision. And um, so that helps to, of course, curtail any genuine confusion you might have about who's going to be a suitable partner when you're you know, looking for someone. But also. Um, studies have shown that in arranged marriages, people typically end up just as in love as, um, you know, people who have hooked up or they've been dating or, you know, their friends um, um, played, um, oh, what's the word, uh, matchmaker, and they, they got them together. Um, and of course, you know, that's because, you know, they've had, they've consummated the, consummated the marriage, they've had intercourse and, uh, the, you know, the bonding hormones get released. Um, you know, and and it's important to note here that, you know, these these marriages, even the ones, you know, we're talking about Saudi Arabia, that sort of thing, the the, the woman can say no. She can say no. She can, you know, the list is presented there. Um, the the potential groom's family come to uh, the bride's home. The families meet each other. You know, you see, well, do the families themselves uh, gel? Um, I mean, maybe they do already. You know, maybe members of the family already know each other. That's how they were able to um, add this person to the shortlist. Um, and also the, the two are able to meet, they're able to look at each other, you know, not covered up or anything like that. They're able to look at each other. Do they find each other physically attractive? Um, they're able to talk, you know, and they, and they do talk quite candidly 
about the arrangement. They're having a very mature conversation about their intentions and their future together. Um, and maybe even in a way that, um, you know, people who have just hooked up and they, yeah, let's just get married. You know, maybe they're not having the same level of conversation in terms of maturity, in terms of thinking about children, in terms of planning for the future, basically. All right. So, I mean, those are the the, prom, the uh, sorry, the pros that I can see. Um, they're ones that have been noted time and time again in studies. What are the cons? What are the cons there? Well, inevitably, we worry about, you know, things like, all you know, patriarchy and tyrannical fathers and, and this sort of thing. But, you know, again, I mean, this is in, you know, non-Western, non-Christian contexts. Um, there are numerous opportunities for the potential bride to refuse. She can turn certain people down. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm struggling to see the bad side of this, guys, to be honest with you. Um, and look, you know, I, I, I'm not in, I haven't had an arranged marriage myself. I don't want to be a hypocrite here. Um, you know, I met my wife. She's from a different cultural background. Uh, she's, uh, you know, mixed ethnicity herself. And I'm one of these guys that, oh, I just, you know, I, I fell in love. Um, you know, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite here, but, you know, you look at the situation, you, especially if you look at the statistics, the statistics just don't seem to lie. So when you said it's 50% the divorce rate in the US, well, arranged marriages within the US, the divorce rate is just below 4%. And that's pretty much the same as the global percentage of you know, divorce rates for arranged marriages. And I should note that arranged marriages are the majority of marriages in the world. So, you know, you want to talk about a bad idea. It very much seems that what we do in the liberal West is a bad idea. And, you know, look what it's done to countries like South Korea or Japan, where before they would have had much more of this um, positive arranged marriage, uh, the third option that you listed there, Swithin, um, where it was more of a familial or communal uh, arrangement, the marriage. And um, we'll look at South Korea and Japan now. Um, you know, the young men find it so difficult to find a wife, they've almost given up. They're, they're marrying their virtual waifus online, you know, um, and, and, and the young ladies, well, they've bought the idea of, you know, this, this romance that they are destined to meet their fated match. You know, they, they, they've taken this so much to heart that they, they have choice paralysis, you know, they, they see different guys and they're like, well, you know, I need some kind of sign that this one is my destined soulmate or something like that. And, um, you know, and they end up delaying and delaying and waiting for Mr. Right, whoever that's supposed to be, to come along. And, um, you know, they get older and the best men end up married away and it becomes a bit of a nightmare. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to see the downside of the arranged marriages. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you know, maybe you know, argue against me, please. Well, I suppose and it's in the tyrannical father. I mean, the the, ob the obvious one is is one where 
um, the cultural norm is that the um, bride's family pay uh, a dowry payment to. Oh, hang on. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, no, where the oh, well, this isn't always the case because of a different way around, uh, whereby the family of the groom pays money to the bride's family. And so basically the uh, family just pick the richest possible men. So they get the biggest possible dowry to pay to the uh, family. Now, I know that's supposed to be a contingency fund for being uh, if they get divorced, etc. But it does seem at least historically that that may have. Um, may have happened that they were just taken by the bride's father as an extra nice bit of cash uh, to do what they please. So I mean that's, that's of course um, the potential downside uh, to a large extent. As you say, it means a much more rational uh, decision. Um, a lot of work done um, on marriage in America, and I can't remember who did it, um, but said basically relationships at work are ones where you kind of decided to get together. Uh, whereas a lot of them end up being sliding. And so you have this sort of sliding versus deciding. And the sliding ones are like, oh, you know, we like to hook up. Oh, I have sex. Oh, oh, I move in. Those are the ones that do badly because they just sort of fall into stuff. Like you're saying, falling in love, being shot by Cupid. Um, and so um, that's that leads to somewhat irrational um, um, decision making. Um because it seems clear that if you think about it and step back from it, marriage is kind of an investment. And so actually treating it more like an investment is clearly can't, well, at least in the current context, be a particularly bad thing. Um, so I suppose an argument might be against the, the pre of own decision against the pre vetted list is, well, the daughter may have met somebody else. Or spoken now of course this depends on the society and how much interaction the sexes have because obviously in islamic ones they're pretty segregated to a large extent but supposing it wasn't in that scenario and they met somebody else who kind of wasn't on the list um that then means well there could potentially be a better one that the daughter has found but isn't available because they're not on the list uh, so i suppose that's sort of you kind of have a knowledge problem to to use sort of Hayek, Hayekian sort of language here in the context of arranged marriage. Um, that could certainly be um, a potential issue, um, which then leads me uh, to a more practical concern is that um, at least in the West today, um, because of people being hypermobile and people not living in the same areas, I mean, it's particularly post well, I mean, particularly places where the families, the kids go to university, if they don't, they tend to stay in relatively. I haven't seen any studies on this, but I would imagine that and given my experience that people who do not go to university will on average stay um, closer to their parents geographically than would people who went to university. I don't think that's usually controversial. Um, and obviously in that circumstance, then you just can't even produce an arranged marriage list. So um, I, th I think that's going to create uh, a very difficult problem, at least um, as sort of societies currently constituted in the West, obviously not in Saudi Arabia or anything like that. But if we're trying to translate, I think that would be uh, a major uh, impediment. Tim? Not to sound like a broken record, I brought this point up before, but one of the uh, one of the things I've 
is the idea of selection effects, which is, you know, one one example of that is Brian Kaplan's book, um, the uh, the the case against higher education. But um, speaking of marriage, it seems like there's one interesting statistic is the people who never got married. Um, now again, you could, happiness statistics are kind of dubious, but people who never got married are better than the people are quote unquote happier than the people who've been divorced. Um, and I think the one of the things you could find is that the people who don't, you know, like I, one of the comments was made about Brexit was sometimes, you know, the best thing to do is not to get married. You know, Britain shouldn't have married itself to the European Union. So maybe there's a sort of incentivize some people just aren't quote unquote cut out for it. There was no sort of harmonious relationships here. They're not they're not of the marriage harmonious elect, so to speak. So I, I, I'm, you know, the, the, I'm sort of I'm, whether you could arrange um, things in such affairs, or you could arrange rules and laws to set up um, things is a good question. But I, you know, whether you can make everyone happy, I'm, I'm somewhat suspicious of that. That's my only comment here. Uh, uh, you know, maybe the people who aren't, you brought up like the Japanese and South Korean in, instances, which you know seems to be the way you're trending. Uh, just this could just be like, um, um, in a sense. We had an episode earlier on Swithin likes to point out that birth control might be one of the biggest technology. I actually agree with him um, that, you know, in a sense, this is just now a sort of quote unquote fact. And, um, you know, people don't people can do the act without it. People don't even need to do the act with in in a way um, with with other people. And yeah, Slavo Zizak entirely agrees with this, like that in, in a sense, this is sort of like a brave new world dystopia of sex but i i do think there are selection effects at work here maybe people don't get married because they don't want to that'd be my point if i can cut in there sorry swivan but um i think that's an interesting point tim because um yes i mean okay people who haven't been married at all they haven't had to suffer the enormous stress of a divorce um as well as you know living with the knowledge of in the back of your mind always you know what swiven had said you know by definition you have a failed marriage um you know you may even have broken a family you know to to live with the the guilt if you want of that on your on your mind on your conscience um, it's a sort of stain on your character, really. Whereas to never have been married, you, you've never had to undergo that. You know, there's there's no burden on you in a sense. And so it, it seems obvious in a way. Yeah. And of course, you would be happier, happier than the person who um, who has divorced. But of course, um, you know, people who are married and have been married for a long time. Do seem to be happier. Um, you know, there are studies to say women are certainly happier uh, when they're married and they have children. Um, in terms of what makes that marriage successful, what keeps it going, um, you know, we can only really look at the statistics. As we said, you know, the arranged marriages, the stats for divorce are remarkably low. Um, is it surprising? I think when when you think about it and you lay out all of the reasons why arranged marriages are successful, 
um, I, I don't see that it's it's surprising anymore. Um, I don't know if there's any any pushback there, but um, I, I suppose you, I mean, I mean, the obvious argument with the arranged marriage ones is that there's such a strong uh, cultural uh, taboo on divorce that those marriages that otherwise would have been ended in the modern West aren't ended there. So you have a skewing of um of those but then the question is is it really what well, i say the americans are 46 percent to four percent i mean is it really that much does that explain everything i think that unlikely but if you want to be someone to to defend the, the, the general status quo in the west i think that's the way i would go about trying to make the case but i, I don't think you could i don't think that would explain such a large effect size I think that's a good I think that's a good counter argument with them. Yeah, definitely. Because, um, you know, OK, so you say it's the divorce rate for arranged marriages in America is four percent. OK, but um, most of those marriages, I'm, I'm supposing, actually, I don't know if this is the case, but it, but it would not be surprising. Right. If we found out that most of those arranged marriages in America were um, uh, immigrants from India second third generation you know whatever it's going to be even um, maybe first generation or you know from somewhere else where the cultural custom is you know it's strong and you know arranged marriage is a, a typical thing um yeah i think i think that's a good point with that um and also then yeah divorce being taboo in those cultures too so i suppose it would be interesting then to see would arranged marriages work in in a Western context, if they suddenly were to, for whatever reason, take off in popularity today, um, I think for all of the reasons that we've laid out, you know, the predictability about things, uh, the fact that the two may be from a similar ethnic, cultural background, probably going to have shared values, I think that it would still be pretty good I, I think that the, you know the divorce rate would be low i think people would tend to be happy i think it would create you know good families according to the definition that we're using here um but it would be interesting to see it would be interesting to see i think probably um the only groups who would go along with this would be um well i want to say traditional christians i think that's probably the only group i could say i'm not sure I'm not sure in terms of demographics, but definitely I think it would be traditional Christians um, in in a Western context who would try this out, you know, make this popular somehow, see, you know, see would it work. Um, I I don't know whether it would ever gain the kind of popularity that it once had amongst, let's say, you know, white people in the West. I, I'm not sure, um, but um, I mean, I think maybe it would be good. It would probably be good. I mean, the um, the birth rates for um, ethnic Europeans in Western countries are dropping. I mean, maybe it would help with that situation. Certainly, I think it would help with the remarkably high uh, divorce rate. One one argument to make is, is the phenomenon describing the sense is already starting to exist, but just in a slightly dystopic way in the terms of dating apps and algorithms. Um, you can take personality tests and you can have you can have this um, um, this this sort of choice uh, uh, be 
brought in. Douglas Lane, who runs Zero Books podcast, or like a Marxist left podcast, had an episode about this. He's recently divorced, and he had an episode on dating, and he's pointing out that there's something strangely commodified about dating uh, apps insofar as you know you put in your traits and so forth, and outcomes results here. There's It sort of like turns it into a, you know, look for a car or look for tires or look for a house in the same way you look for it. Now, again, as sort of a libertarian, I see no really in, a priori problem with that. I do think historically marriages served an economic function, and this idea of love is something new. Um, you just sort of have, you know, from what, from what I know about like European monarchies uh, is that like, Many of them didn't even sleep in the same bed. I think I think of like in like 1900 of the European monarchies. I think only the Russian one actually, quote unquote, uh, actually had any love to each other. It was all sort of like a business relationship um, um, in that regard. So, you know, there is it. I do. I don't have any liberal like or left liberty. I don't. I don't really think ooh yuck toward the idea of it. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's perfectly reasonable proposition just to arrange something by uh, some other affairs and just take the forced, take the option that was given to you. Um, I, I don't think there's anything against that. I don't, I'm not against people trying it at all. Uh, uh, but um, uh, the the other, the bringing like your example about Saudi Arabia, I just don't really see any way to get there. I don't even know if we want to get there either. Uh, I, and they seem like they're increasingly going the liberal direction anyway. Um, that That's one one comment there so what would you make of like the sort of the idea of these sort of dating markets um online are they a quote-unquote arranged marriage what would you make of that i mean i i think that they they're a step in the right direction in the sense that they are trying to um pair people they're, they're trying to see are these people compatible um, I, I just query, you know, on what basis are they determining that they are compatible? Um, where you have an arranged marriage where families are involved and, you know, obviously depending on the cultural background, these may be, you know, very wide, um, you know, family dynamics, you know, but, um, you know, where cousins, second cousins even may be getting involved in the decision. Um, or, you know, in trying to arrive at a short list of candidates, um, you know, in a, a situation like that, um, you're, you're, the, the marriage may be that much more stronger, not just because you're from the same cultural background, because you are both from Saudi, but, you know, you, you might be a part of the same tribe. You, you know, you, you, you may have um, a, a much more local or, or regional history that you're sharing um you know what's more you know you may an, end up marrying someone who is like a third cousin or something like that um and anyone who uh, watches professor edward dutton's show the jolly heretic will know that uh, your third cousin is you know genetically like the ideal person you're supposed to marry it's uh, you'll produce the healthiest offspring or, or whatever if you marry your your third cousin um you, you know so things one, like, one, on, one quick comment though uh, one of the things i often again i'm not trying to be contrarian for the sake of it um although maybe i am but one of the comments is that we don't have 
extended family networks and actually the more upper like if you get once you get to the middle class upper middle class you start to have nuclear families um anyway so so we don't have here in the west generally or all this since like at least the 1940s been nuclearized which some people view as a decline and actually i tend well in a sense is decline like i mean i don't I, you know i don't i mean i don't know how oftentimes i see my extended family i mean maybe that's true for places like quote unquote traditional societies and actually that's true for the lower class people in the west but it's not true for middle class and above which is the ones that have the lowest birth rates by far yeah i think that's a good point tim um you know in the west we we don't have proper communities we don't have all of these organic you know layers of communities between us and, and the state um that, that we used to we used to have that in in europe um you know in which they to a decreasing extent sadly uh, they have in you know some other cultures around the world um you know they're coming more and more like us you know we go from our home um where we very often hardly talk to our neighbors uh to work to a cafe and back to home again and all of these interactions are just well basically the economic ones maybe with some politeness and friendliness sort of coating all of that but it's not um it's not real community uh we don't have that i mean that's why i said you know if there were a group in a western context who would take this up again and have some chance of you know making it a real um um cultural um custom um it, it, it would be probably i think traditional christians because of course they'll be meeting each other at church you may have people who know somebody else from another church you know whatever that would be you know sister church you know whatever it is um or a church they used to go to um and of course you know it tends to be people who are more religious and of a conservative bent who um uh, have larger families in the first place so you know i think in terms of like a kind of tribalism coming about again uh, where there are clans and um and there's uh, intermarriage between those clans you know all within the tribe or or whatever um i i think it would probably just be within a, a traditional Christian context. I can't see which other group um, in the West would, well, it even has an institutional basis um, or, or a community not based on purely economic factors. Uh, where, you know, and of course, the um, incentive, you know, the religious incentive to produce families. I can't see any other group in the West with any. Um, any hope of uh, establishing arranged marriage as a practice? Tim, uh, sorry, uh, not Tim. Uh, Rick, given the way we are, though, um, what do you think uh, we can do here and now, as it were, to um, improve the quality of marriage? Um, I mean, the obvious example is with uh, our children. Obviously, our children aren't particularly old yet. Well, I think your eldest is slightly old. No, mine's older than you. I can't remember. And you got one on the way. What could you what can we do to, to help ensure that our children have relatively better matches than they otherwise um, 
than when they otherwise would do. I mean, so for instance, a lot of this seems to revolve around parental involvement um, and trying because they seem to have more experience and more far-sighted uh, way of looking at things. Uh, it tends to be the case that young you are, to a large extent, you're somewhat short-sighted and just focus on looks and a very sort of. Um, actually, I don't know if it correlates over time, but uh, sort of R and K stuff. Um, so some sort of parental involvement seems to be ideal, but then the question is, well, how can that be achieved today, especially when people are more mobile? Do we have a situation whereby we attempt to um, encourage children to remain more geographically uh, in more geographically similar areas to us or to family members so that we can have sort of more input that way? Um, and even if that's true, as you mentioned, this, uh, the social bonds we have today are somewhat less. So the question is, you know, would you even know anybody who you could marry? Um, and then sort of a, a secondary point then, would then maybe the most practical option, at least at present, just be um, teaching children to treat marriage not as um, being shot by Cupid with an arrow, but rather a much more rational um to some economic and social relationship than the general culture um, would would indicate. Is that really the the only real way we can go? I mean, it, it, it does seem to be the case as well that clearly people do need some guidance. I mean, at least some, at least. There's a particularly great um, Daily Mail headline, uh, which is, quote, Domestic domestic violence survivor who fled two abusive partners only to marry a man who murdered his wife defends her choice because, quote, he had 20 years in prison to think about how to treat women better, unquote. Now, I'm pretty darn sure yeah, not the best chooser of men. Just going to put it out there. Um, and it it does seem to be the case. Now, maybe it's the case that just because women can get men more easy than than men can get women but there seems to be especially with women a lot of uh a, a women can have a, a long string of very bad male boyfriends in a way that men don't seem to have as many many bad girlfriends now that could be selection that could be just completely anecdotally false either way it seems to be the case that certain people have very bad instincts when it comes to uh, marriage and dating so some form of guidance seems to be necessary so back to just the, the practicality uh rick um what would you think we should do just try and get kids not to, to move away so far so we can have a bit more of an idea of who they're going to marry and try and aid them with that or is it just going to be a case of look well given the current economic situation that's not really very likely we just kind of have to train you to look at certain factors to help you make a better decision i suppose as well you could throw in veto there as well back to a, like a very sort of soft arranged marriage possibility so um rick what do you think about any of that yeah i mean definitely i mean that example you gave sort of an, you know immediately you think where, where's where's her dad you know you you're, you're immediately thinking uh, where where are the people in her life who um, love her and they're there to look after, they're there to intervene, you know, interventions, you know, if someone's become addicted or something like that. Um, you know, we stage an intervention and everyone's there saying, oh, we all love you very much now. Um, stop doing cocaine. Um, you know, where where are the people in her life? You know, but especially you think, where's the dad? 
you know it's 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 a joke it's a cliche isn't it you know that the um or oh, the the stripper the stripper clearly had a really bad father you know that's <laughs> that's a cliche you know, to the point but it's you know a, a joke um but um yeah you know sort of i agree with you and i know your views for them because you're you you know you're an advocate of homeschooling and i've heard you talking about parenthood before and about the importance of creating marriable children you know uh, children who someone will see as being a real catch and they'll be um an admirable parent for for their children um and i'm you know as you know i'm totally with you on that and i think that that's great um and a part of that yeah okay you know i'd i'd say to them let's you know keep children close um you know when they go to well i should say if they go to university um you know try to send them to the local university does it really matter does it really matter which university they go to but in any case i mean do they have to go to university is it really worth it these days i mean um you know w- w- would they be better off if they just learnt a trade um and got some really good experience um so yeah you know keep them close keep them from making mistakes you know be ready you know to you know take part in your your child's life but you know I, I think even with us saying that you know you should be a part of your child's life to say that shows that there's something really very wrong going on in in, in our western context because you know historically the way people thought about family and then you know clan and tribe and things like that is you know we're we're a part of a story we you know in this current generation um you know we, we we're a part of something that's you know stretches right back into the past and it's reaching forward and you know we're at the tip of that thing you know and we you know we're passing on the torch we are we're continuing that process of furthering on the line you know the race you know whatever it is however you want to refer to it um and you know we, we've lost that a little bit and you but know frankly how, how can we recover that's true but how practically can we do it is it possible in your situation in i don't know 15 years time to go for sort of conservative sort of saudi style arranged marriage or are you going to have to do something else I mean, keep them close. Yeah, I'd agree that you have some involvement in that respect, but advocate some sort of veto system or would that not even work or, or would it? And what about, um, as I say, tr- getting the kids to treat marriage more of an investment than more of something to just expect to happen? Well, that's why I think religion is such a key part of it. It's another reason why I think only, well, I say only, um, probably uh, traditional Christians would be the only ones capable of taking this up because, you know, to have that grander view, you know, that more, um, what can I say, um, you know, viewing the current generation and your ideas about what marriage is about, um, you know, the, the purpose, the actual purpose in starting a family, you know, do you, do you need to start a family? Why? 
um, you know, having an actual reason for starting a family, um, you know, so much of that comes from your religion, um, you know, and Christians obviously have that in in spades. You know, we're 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 told to be fruitful. Um, uh, you know, in 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 so many ways, you know, as traditional Christians, we would see that um, a woman becoming a mother is fulfilling, you know, her highest calling in a sense. Um, you know, the creation of life. Um, you know, I, I I think having a religion there to to guide, to instruct, um, is is really key um because because it provides that perspective it provides that sense of purpose it's an encouragement there and you know so long as the law is not quite like it is in russia where you know the father of the household is um you know has a lot of authority let's say um you know in the west once they turn 18 um you don't have a lot of authority um over your child, uh, you can you can advise, you can advise gently advise uh, their decision making, but you do not have a great deal of authority unless there is the religious, um, cultural, customary uh, backing, you know, for the father to let's say you know to veto Swithin. Or to provide a, a short list of candidates who are acceptable, you know, to the family. Um, without that, um, I just don't see. I just don't see much hope uh, for it taking off. I can. I can see that. I. I, I think. Um if you have a, a, a sufficiently good relationship with your children, if you sort of say like you veto a candidate. Um, now it depends what what things you you may sort of disassociate with them to a certain extent if they continue with it. That could hopefully at least um, concentrate minds, even if there's no sort of legal authority there. Um, I, I do think um, a shortlist is just not practical uh, to, in the Western society today. I just don't think parents would know nearly enough. I mean, maybe in the next 50, 70 years, maybe, but not currently. I think the only real practical thing would be a, a, a veto. Um, system and because of that, because of uh, the child, the child being needs to be more proactive than they may do, say in traditional Saudi society. I think one of the crucial things is to um, inculcate in the children uh, what a marriage is, what it's for, and then because of that, figure out what characteristics um, do, do, you, do you need to. Um, what the kind of needs to have. So I thought it was a while. So briefly on my list, you know, you, you want to look at, um, you know, religious background and your current um, compatibility, expectations of conjugal roles and career aspirations, number of children that you want to have. How should you raise children? That's a huge thing. Education of children. You know, how should that take place? Um, you know, you want to know, you know, where do they want to live? They live locally, you want to live abroad. Um, uh, political views, you could say, is becoming more important now as things become somewhat more polarised than they have been historically. Um, so you 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 want to know that, and then you want to, so that's more sort of like cognitive stuff, and then just see how they are um, 
in um, in general what they like, what they don't like. Um, this this is this is more of a, you know, proper compatibility, but just so you know who they are and what they uh, how compatible they're going to be. Uh, childhood background and experience. You know, if you see their parents are pretty messed up and the rest of the family are, that may not. Not saying that the, you can't get a, a good kids out of bad families, but kind of not necessarily a good sign. Uh, you want to know? Um, you want to know whether like vegetarian or vegan? So you probably know that, but that could be could be kind of annoying in the future if uh, they're vegan, especially. Um, yeah, you want to know how they what their attitude to money is like. Um, there's a whole host of of different things that. Um, it's hard to remember all these. I'm just chucking out there. That I think you really just want to nail down and the kids to know. Okay, these are kind of things you need to consider. Uh, and I think that, as far as we could take it, would be um, at least a, a way of avoiding uh, as terrible matches as uh, the woman in the Daily Mail headline. Uh, any final thoughts, uh, Tim or Rick? So I think we're basically concluding with. Don't let your children marry a vegan, Swithin. I think that's the that's the final thought. That, that's what uh, that would be probably that would be true. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it 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 co-correlates with other undesirable traits. That's not to say that all vegans are undesirable and unpleasant, but <laughs> um, yes, it does. Uh, so, but apart from that, Rick, any final thoughts or Tim? No, just thanks very much for having me. It's always a pleasure to speak to you both. Thanks for joining. Just now, I thank everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed this program, please share it with your friends and family and subscribe to us on Podbean or on YouTube. The more subscribers we get, the higher we get in the search rankings and the more people can access this material. And finally, if you'd like to contact the show for any reason at all, please contact us at mindcryandlibertyshow at gmail.com. That's mindcryandlibertyshow at gmail.com.